morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T fam this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. And today we have a very, very special guest joining the show, a renowned entrepreneur. And you may recognize him from interviews with Anthony Scaramucci and Vivek Ramaswamy as Gary Cardone is joining the show today, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a new day is coming for American crypto regulation. With the SEC being handed losses in the Ripple and Grayscale cases, we discuss the inevitability of spot ETF products in the USA. Ripple has begun the process of onboarding American banks with over 500 established partnerships worldwide. We debate the potential of global settlement currencies being used as an intermediary asset. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got some exciting news today, but an even more exciting guest. So first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And we're going to kick it to Gary. Nabs, I'm feeling great. Anytime you're six feet above ground, it's always a great day. But let me just say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you and appreciate you for showing up every single day in this space. And Abs, I'm super excited today. Not only are we going to get to talk about crypto, but we got a great guest on. I can't wait to hop into it with Gary. Absolutely, guys. And Gary was already enlightening us before the show. So we're going to bring a lot of those conversations onto the camera now, Gary. But before we do, first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And we really appreciate you making time for our show. Good. I'm feeling great, man. Just getting over a little cold, but I'm I'm doing awesome finding my legs in this new industry. So, and we we got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about as well. But before we do that, guys, we're gonna start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at three TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, Johnny, it is green across the board. We got Gala token up three percent, Avax up five percent, Chainlink up four percent. Rest of the market up about 1% of the day. When we check out our total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.44 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 52% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 38,400. Ethereum, $2,081. XRP is 61 cents. Solana, $60. And Cardano trading at 38 cents this morning. And guys, we already got 180 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gary, the thing I want to start this show off with is what we talked a little bit about before the show. These opportunities, they don't come around so often. And I think that this chart illustrates what we're about to go through fairly well. It took the internet about 20 years to scale to a billion users. Well, if crypto continues on this place, we're going to have over a billion users involved in this market by the end of 2026. So that's right around the corner. What's, what's on the forefront of your mind when you see a chart like this? Do you believe the crypto is going to have an internet bubble moment? Uh, an internet bubble moment. You mean like it bursting? An explosive moment. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I think it is. I think it is having one. Um, and I, I think it's just starting. I uh, see. I, you know, I've been doing this my whole life, you know, going into industries that were going through disruption and I'm always early about four years. Um, you can actually look at my brother's, uh response like he's going to come around 
but it's going to take them another 18 months. And it's just, it's not right or wrong. It's the way people, he's extremely conservative. Mm. Um, and, and I think that he represents, look, he, I think Grant's got a hundred Bitcoin that somebody gave him. Until you buy Bitcoin, mm. it's not real. Okay. When somebody gives it to you, it's not real to him yet. Yeah. Uh, but it's getting real. Cause I mean, he was kidding me at 27, 28. I said, this thing's getting ready to rock and roll, bro. And, and uh, you know, at 30, it hit 30 when, you know, had that 15 and a half percent day. Everybody started talking about gamma squeezes and freaking out and everybody's like losing their minds. He calls me up. He said, yeah, see, it couldn't hold 30. I went, bro, <laughs> a 12 hour candle does not make a market. You just do not understand what you're doing. So I think he's very representative of a lot of, there's 400,000 families like his and mine that my thesis is they're going to put two and a half million dollars at least into Bitcoin and only Bitcoin. I didn't say they wouldn't put any money into other, but assume a 400,000 family allocation of two and a half million dollars. These are $50 million liquid net worth families. You need 34 million Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Supply and demand, man. That, I still, have it. That's what it's all about. And the yeah. question that comes to the forefront of my mind is when we interviewed Mark Yusko, he was predicting this market could easily reach $5 trillion in the next three years. When we apply that math to Bitcoin, Bitcoin continues to dominate this market. That correlates to at least a $2 trillion market cap in the next couple of years. But here's why I think that's possible now when it wasn't possible before. The largest contrarians of this market have been JP Morgan, BlackRock, some of the incumbents, the traditional financial firms, because crypto is a threat to their business. A lot of these companies make money not only saving and sitting on people's bank accounts and and lending that way, but also transacting value, cross-border payments and things of that nature generate a huge amount of revenue for these banks. So with them being positive, the biggest contrarians now coming around to being crypto friendly, do you think that's going to make a big change in this next two to three years? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're seeing institutional adoption, um, mainstream institutional adoption. And you have, I mean, we've made a lot of progress in the last 90 days. Okay, We've had the FASB gap accounting rules have been changed. That allows a corporate to hold Bitcoin on its balance sheet like Michael Saylor. And they don't have to take the lowest print of the year. Okay, That was draconian treatment of bitcoin as a commodity you do not treat crude oil that way okay the way you treat crude oil is somebody's holding crude oil on their books every quarter it gets remarked based on the crude price or every month actually Mm. um so i think what we're seeing now is we're seeing adoption at a level that the this community with all due respect to everybody that's been around 15 years you've never seen what's getting ready to happen yes people are gonna buy a thousand fucking bitcoin at a pop okay yeah. 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 I have to agree with you, Gary. You know, at the end of the day it is so true that there are so many elements and things that are happening. So many catalysts that are coming in this space and people don't get it. In fact, most of my best friends and family members, they still think crypto is a scam, right? You talked about this earlier. Some people just know when to get in early. Other people, unfortunately, are going to come in when it's too late, when CNN or Fox News or somebody like that tells them it's time to come in. And unfortunately, that's the time most likely to get out when the elites are dumping on them. But nonetheless, I think you're you're, you're spot on that this, you know, the thing that's happening in Bitcoin and, and when this BTC ETF, I think, comes, that's going to bring instant legitimization 
to a category that right now is felt by most people um, is a scam. And once it becomes real, wow, the unlocking of the floodgates and all the money that's on the sideline, once the SEC gives us approval, which we know we're going to get because, listen, let's let's face it, BlackRock gets what BlackRock wants, right? Uh, when that comes, I think it's going to be a rocket ship like you've never seen before in this space. Now, it may not happen overnight. What I'm saying is, man, that's the linchpin to really set this sector off. And, man, it's going to be exciting for people who are in early, like ourselves. Gary, I got another question for you. When we look at the collapse of the U.S. dollar, I think a lot of that happens through the oil trade. And earlier this week, we saw the UAE officially stop using the dollar for oil trade. That is a historic day. I feel like that is a day that that my kids may ask about because for the longest time, the petrodollar is what sustained the U.S. dollar's value. So as the U.S. dollar begins to, I don't want to say collapse, but depreciate over time. Do you see that a positive catalyst for assets like Bitcoin? Oh, it has to be positive for Bitcoin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it has to be positive for Bitcoin. Uh, now, I did not know uh, that the UAE had made a definitive decision not to use any U.S. dollars. Is that what they're saying? Because that's a massive, that would be a massive step change. Uh, look, I, I, if you're pulling that up, that'd be great because I, I have not seen that. But look, the 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 petrodollar construct, the OPEC, it's all falling apart. I mean, three months ago, you had Russia and one and Saudi pull 1.7 million barrels off the market. Why? Because there's not enough demand. They're not doing it out of altruism. There's just not no demand. You've had China implode. Um, when was the last time you saw one country out of OPEC reduce volume? hardly ever okay i can see russia doing it now they're coming back in going we're going to do another million barrels um you have the opec is a oligopoly construct mm. and not everybody's playing by the same rules mm. so it's falling apart that like whether they go to the dollar or not the construct itself is falling apart just as nato is falling apart nato and opec are linked at the hips okay there is no differentiation between nato and opec they're all falling apart and every construct that was built in the 20th century i would challenge anyone here for a large sum of money okay come up with one construct that was built in the 20th century including disney that is going to survive this they're all breaking man like even marriage, people are starting to look at marriage and go, hey, this is not working, okay? Yeah. The stats are horrible. Yeah. School, the education system, the stats are horrific. They're, they're not bad. They are horrific, okay? Yeah. They're total fails at every level. And I think this is just an analog world and all the mental bullshit, you know, the way we think about things, colliding with legacy with with uh technology and this i think is was elon's point and deeper into that conversation talking about hey these two worlds there's going to be a time when you and i are not allowed to drive a vehicle on the freeway now you you nod your head but you can't have a robot that, with perfection driving sensing between each other 12 feet to optimize travel, which will should be really hugely efficient for energy usage, and then have some crazy guy like me on the road. Mm -hmm. You got to take. I, I'm a problem on the road in that in that you know construct of robotism. Yeah, I agree with you. By the way, that's the problem. <laughs> it's sad. That's where we're headed. Well, they're not. The, the two worlds are going to struggle living together. 
uh, because they come from two very different. Like, I think, guys, I think in 18 months, I will have a machine working here that looks like Betty, my assistant. Yep. And my machine is exchanging money with your machine. Yep. Right. And, and like, what's the problem with Twitter and all these sites? Like, I'm not going to do advertising. Okay. But I, I think people will send me 22 cents. You can't do that right now in this world. Hey, Gary, I listened to your, your thing for 22 seconds. I'm going to pay you 22 cents for the value you brought me. You know, if you did that with Visa, they would disrupt, they would decline the transaction. They need 35 cent minimum just to make their fee. See, this is the value of how digital assets will become massively important because legacy doesn't allow us to have microtransactions. Yeah. And we're going to move to a world of rent, lease, own nothing, and use, uh, you, you, you get to spend money based on your usage, which should control consumption. Right now, we have no way to actually control consumption and penalize or tax people that use more than, than others. That's right. Right? So if you, like, I was with Vivek the other day. I said, hey, Vivek, we need to take crude oil to 300 bucks. He's like, I said, <laughs> yeah, 300 bucks, everybody in solar, everybody in solar, wind and, and, and whatever will support the shit out of you because they now compete and we no longer need government subsidies for solar. Hmm. Bingo. That's cool. $300 crude oil, we don't need any war machines. We don't need to be sitting in Saudi Arabia. We don't need to sit in Iran. We do not need to lose any blood or kill anyone. And I'm paying $10 for gasoline. I stopped driving my Range Rover to get a loaf of bread. Okay. And all my computers are going to get turned off at night. Not one of you guys turned your laptop off last night. Okay. Electricity is too cheap. If it was priced correctly, you'd turn this shit down. It's not. So to me, there's so many advantages to having a wild card come into this thing. And we have a digital solution, but we have to get our brains wrapped around. We have to think about the world differently moving forward. So if I can actually, let's take the approach of if we are to go through that evolution process, right? Where crude oil <laughs> does become $300, solar and wind a lot of these technologies are still in their in their infantry stages, right? When it comes to solar and wind, we can't, you know, efficiently remove the, the the wind panels and the solar panels yet. But what Elon has said, when I listen to people much smarter than myself, he said it would take a very small portion of the Arizona desert that we could cover in these solar panels, and we could actually charge all of the major cities in America. So maybe it becomes less about the individual and more about the underlying structure that the individuals rely on. We don't actually have to have people unplugging their computers at night, but the uh, underlying resource becomes so prevalent that it's unnecessary. Is that a possibility as well? Well, well let's just go back to the, the other part about not unplugging your computers at night. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting, that, that was an interesting ad in there. I, like, see, see, what you're telling me is that you don't want to unplug it, right? Like it's so convenient. You love the convenience. So let me give you some data. That's, I think, really mind blowing. There's 72 million people in the United Kingdom, give or take. OK, uh, that was the last number I had. If every one of those people were to disconnect, pull the plug out from the back of the uh, TV that allows for instant on for your remote, it is 400 megawatt coal fired power station comes off the grid. Mm. 
Okay, I think you don't really fully appreciate how much energy we waste, man. Yeah. And, okay. and, and if energy, energy is defines he who has the most and at the you know, greatest value or price, the smallest value price, defines whether we're first, second or third world nation. So I guess the reason I could explain my reasoning behind that one, I think the system you're describing puts the responsibility not on the individuals, but on the underlying system. So if everyone's computers get shut off at three, I think that's completely different than everyone unplugging at night. Right. So the purpose of having like a plethora of resources that we don't have to infringe on people's freedom. And I'm in my mid 20s. So one of the biggest concerns that I have heading into this next decade is that I'm going to wake up at 40 and not be able to leave my 15 minute barrier. And I know that we're drastically far away from that. And I don't know if you're an advocate of it. I'm really not sure. But one of the things that I am self-aware of is that as technology evolves, people become more comfortable and more complacent and, and um, accessibility and the ease of assets, the ease of entry is what's most important. So that's why I'm trying to figure out what's a solution where the average person doesn't have to have the responsibility of unplugging their computer, but also we don't have to shut everyone's off. That's kind of my reason. But abs, I'm not asking you to do anything. See, I'm just saying that you will do it because you're not going to want to pay $300. That's also true. Yes. Well, I, like you can run your computer all you want. I, I'm not telling you that you have to automatically shut it, but at $300, it triple the power. What I'm saying is that you're wasting energy. You are wasting energy. Why? Because it's too cheap. If it was priced correctly, you would behave differently. Like we're not going to disagree that leaving the computer on all night long cannot possibly be greatly efficient, not even for the machine itself. Right. But we have become addicted to convenience, like total junkies, man. We can't even wait. Like I see people freaking out, man, reaching for the roll in the reefer. If the freaking, you know, the, the TV doesn't come on quick enough. Um, So I think that's my point is that things are priced incorrectly to drive proper behavior and they're priced this way out of politics. Politics. Okay. Cause it's easier for us to have a war in Iraq when we don't send our own people. Like, like if I ever ran for office, my first thing would be every 30% of the government's going on the blockchain, not CIA, not the DEA, but 30% of this stuff, the pencils and the plumbing, Come on, man. You can put that on the blockchain. At least we start making progress. The second thing I would say is if, if we are in, you know, involved in a war, we only do it with our own soldiers. And let's see how mom and dad vote for sending Johnny Crypto Jr. Mm. to have his arm blown off. Because mm. right now we're like, oh, wow, those people in Palestine, so sorry for them. Oh, those guys in the Ukraine, dude, if this was our blood, it would be much different oh yeah much different we wouldn't be doing this shit okay and we've been doing it since vietnam so uh since i was a kid we've been doing this and and long before so i think this is just about politics and and who like i i like vivek a bit because like he at least listened hey there would be no wars and the solar guys would love us right the solar guys should have been always pumping and Pimping for higher energy prices. They're the dumbest bag of people I've ever met in my life because they want the price down. It's like, no, no, you want the price up, man, so you can compete. Problem is now you got to have subsidies and we we, we have a, a broke. All sovereigns are broke. How do broke people offer subsidies? 
they ain't going to even pay social security out to you guys, to you. Okay. That maybe me and Johnny make it right through the loop, but probably not. So I, I just think they're like, we're going to go through a disru grossly disruptive period because what we're just saying right here is no one's going to willingly do this. Yep. It's going to come through civil unrest, a nuclear war, Mad Max moment, or civil war in the United States. So with a catalyst like that, if you believe it's necessary, let's talk about how people can profit off of the change, right? If we can paint somewhat of a positive picture, I think it would be that many of the people who are listening to this program are aware of these incoming changes. And so you talked about the depreciation of the dollar impacting assets like real estate, like Bitcoin. And we, we're going to talk about alternative coins as well, Ethereum, XRP, Solana, some of these other ones. But I'd love to hear your take about the collapse of the US dollar and the everyday person, somebody who's not worth maybe, let's say somebody who makes less than 200000 a year and they have two kids and a wife. How can they set their families up for success? Well, I don't, I'm not sure that you're going to see the, total, the dollar get totally destroyed. I think the dollar is going to survive for a long, long, long time. Um, if I'm a family with two kids making 200 grand, first thing I do is get rid of every drop of debt I have. Every drop. I don't invest in Bitcoin when I have a, um, I got 22% on my credit cards. Mm. So if you're out there trading with these guys or trading with any other crew and you have debt, you're an idiot. Okay. I just got to tell you. Like, I, I just need to be the alpha dog in the room. Go, hey, you're you're just a gambler. OK, get rid of the 22 percent debt first. Get your shit in order and then generate enough income. Sit down with your family and say, hey, we're not buying Starbucks. We're not buying. We're not going to go spend money with Disney because we don't like Disney. See, I, th that's the second thing I would do. Who am I spending money with that is my enemy? Mm hmm. Stop. You can't vote these people out of office, but in 90 days, okay, if everybody turned Netflix off, okay, we'll be a lot better. Yep. They will suffer, dude. They will change just like Anheuser Bush changed, just like Disney's gonna change. Cause Disney, I don't think Iger makes this. I think Disney is gonna get walloped with a bunch of guys like me going, fuck them, dude. I'm not doing them. And in fact, I'm not doing anybody that touches them. Um, I think this is the age of the, the rebellion, right? And we're lucky to have this crypto, the, the Bitcoin. Um, so to the, to the $200,000 person, I don't think you're going to send your kids to college. So you're not going to have those expenses because you you don't, it, it's unnecessary unless you're going to be a rocket scientist and Elon proved that you don't even have to go to school to learn any, even the most advanced stuff. Uh, and I would start investing in Bitcoin as a strategy uh, over all other asset classes, including real estate. And the reason is this one real estate for your home is not a great investment. It's a horrible investment. Okay. It, you have to take care of it. Real estate, like my brother buys, I think is awesome. It pays cash flow. Mm -hmm. I can depreciate it. All of my real estate with grant, my basis is zero. I, I get. 30, 40, $50,000 a month, man, from cash flow distributions. That's cool. The problem is you and me, you and I cannot find these assets. Grant gets the phone call three months before the assets are even being sold. Bingo. So, you know the difference here, though? Dude, Bitcoin, everybody can buy Bitcoin. There is no, yeah, baby. But see, I don't have to know anybody in Bitcoin. Right. I read a book, 
study, I can front run the guys that have cultural problems and they got to go ask for permission. And then the, then dad's got to go, Hmm, that's now that might bother my book over here. So we're going to delay this for six months. Nobody okay. has to be delayed. So this is a once in a lifetime opportunity uh, where you don't have to know that Citibank's in trouble on a real estate deal in Chicago, make a phone call and buy it under the market. Right. I mean, Grant bought, Grant's buying $150 million products that were, that were bought $280 million three years ago. Oh. Wow. So 50, 60% discounts, but we're not going to see these. I see these guys going, I'm going to go into real estate, bro. You're not going to, you're not going to buy the premier stuff. So right. I literally do all of that with him. I, like I would never consider trying to buy a, a building. It's not my expertise, man, but I'll buy a shitload of Bitcoin. Um, right. So, so to me, and I'm much older than, than most of your crowd. I think this is an awesome investment opportunity for my family. Whether I live through this or whether I leave it with them, uh, best investment opportunity I've ever seen. But I'm not talking about crypto. I'm talking about Bitcoin and only Bitcoin. I think we should really start learning how to like, because I think it's its own asset class. Yeah. And when yeah. we start thinking about, whoa, it's its own asset class, oil shares in a whole basket of asset classes around energy, fossil fuels, right? There's only one Bitcoin. And the U.S. government has said this is a sustainable asset class. They've drawn up treasury documents to deal with the treatment of taxes. They've changed the FASB rules. And we have a conversation about ETFs 37 times a day. Mm -hmm. So I, I, to Johnny's point earlier, I think we've been too early, 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 been too early. Whoops. I'm not sure if that was just on my end, guys. We had a little technical issue there, Gary. Been too early, been too early, been too early, been too early. Are you getting that as well, Johnny? Oh, we're getting a repeat of it says been too early just on repeat, guys. We got, well, while he fixes that, we got 415 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And a lot of people are saying video rugs, Johnny Crypto. I, I don't think, think that's the case. I don't think we're rugged, Debs, but yeah, obviously there's some technical. Hang issues. around for just a minute. And Johnny, give me your response while we get Gary set up here. We're going to fix the microphone. Don't even worry about it, guys. But Johnny, what do you think? He described Bitcoin as its own asset class. Maybe you can take the other approach. Well, you know, listen, I think at the end of the day, when you look at where Bitcoin's going and you listen to what people talk about as being a store of value, I truly believe that is what Bitcoin's value is going to be here. Everybody's looking for what is the next gold. And when you talk to the younger generation, you know what they say? They say, I don't want my grandpa's gold. They don't, they don't want to deal with, you know, Gary talked something about earlier. He said the word analog. Now, I'm not sure how many people, you know, being in the technical space, when we look at things, we take analog and we translate a lot of it to the digital world, right? Your phone is a digital device, but it runs off analog signals. So the same thing is happening here when you think about when you think about gold and gold is the analog form, if you will, of money, right, of a store value. And Bitcoin is that digital form, if you will, of a store to value. And that's what we see coming out. And I, I it's, it's hard to argue against it because I do believe it is going to be. And I know most of our audience can get pissed off. Oh, you're Bitcoin masters. No, I'm not. But I do believe Bitcoin is being set up and being viewed and being tested as a store of value. And we're going to see, just like anything else, the only reason why the, the, 
the dollar has any value is because people are willing to take it, trade it, trust it, and use it. Same thing's going to happen with Bitcoin. If Bitcoin starts to get adopted by the elites and we get uh, not working, we still don't have them. Nope, guys, but you know what? We're going to do this on air. So if you go to that settings tab on the audio and check the mic settings, if you go to the default mic, that could be the problem, guys. But I would, we're going to get Gary back on, no problem. We have a saying on this show, if you give too much truth, you're going to get shut down, Gary. So I think that's what's happening right now, sharing too much truth with our listeners. But guys, let's continue with our content for today as we get the mic settings figured out here. And Johnny, one of the things that I wanted to focus on was not only the collapse of the U.S. dollar, but the opportunities that exist in the market today. And I think Larry Fink, the BlackRock CEO, is somebody who's great and perfect to illustrate this, this fact right here. I'm just going to switch my audios to Larry Fink, talk about how the future of payments exists in tokenized assets. I actually believe this technology is going to be very important. I am, I, you know, look at it. We have been part of a huge revolution in investing through ETFs. We believe that ETFs will be changing the whole way we invest. Many people still use it as a means, oh, people are investing it for indexing. No, the majority of people who are putting money in an index, in an ETFs are active investors that are buying exposure. The entire bond market is being transformed as we talk right now. I believe the next generation for markets, the next generation for securities will be, will be tokenization of securities. Um, we will, and if we can have that distributed ledger that we know every beneficial owner, every beneficial uh, seller, we all have our, our, our code right. of who's buying, who's selling, instantaneous settlement. And think about it, it changes the whole ecosystem. So, Johnny, I'm going to give you the floor, and then I'm going to comment. And he actually touched on something that actually Gary was talking about. It changed. So what it's going to do is change the way the systems work, change the way we use money um, to be able to make things instant. Think about this. Here's a benefit. Imagine right now people go to work every day, and you don't get paid until Friday. Why is that? Why shouldn't you get paid? Right now, as you're working, or you know, by the hourly basis, you know, in my account, there's no reason why it shouldn't be accumulating by the minute, by the hour, by the day, so that at the end of the day, and that's kind of what Larry was talking about there. He talked about you know being able to have instant transactions. Being now, obviously, there's always a double-edged sword when people have too much information about yourself and the whole privacy thing. But at the end of the day, you can see the benefit of the technology apps and how it can go towards being able to facilitate. The way we, you know, we're going to change the way money works. There's no reason why in 2023, I can send you an email or a text and when 1.1, you know, in a hundred milliseconds, but I got to, you know, but to send money to somebody overseas, I got to get on a plane with a suitcase of money and fly it over there. Cause that's a faster way to get them the money than trying to do it through the banking system. And so that's where the transformation is going to happen. That's what we're going to see. And there's going to be a huge, huge benefit from that, but hopefully we got Gary back because, uh, I'd love to hear his comments on, on guys. What- we brought Gary's identical twin, Gary Tar- Cardone 2.0, is in the building. So <laughs> you let me know which camera yeah. angle you prefer. I think this one actually looks a little better, but the audio is clear now. And what I think Larry Fink was describing in that video, Gary, is that there's going to be an evolution not only in payments, but in assets like real estate, stocks, and bonds as well. They're all going to be tokenized and they're all going to be put on blockchains. What do you think that's going to do for the entire market? And what's your reaction to the Larry Fink clip? Dude, I, I think the tokenization thing is Huge. what BlackRock really wants. Oh, yeah. And, and I also think it's a way to save 
this massive debt bubble that that should burst but it's not going to it's going to i think they're going to be able to stage this where they continue to buy more and more distressed assets collect collect i mean imagine two years from now being in an apartment building paying fifteen hundred dollars a month in rent but also being able to invest a hundred bucks into the very asset that you uh, reside in the the implications of that are so awesome because if you're able to invest first off joe user can now invest in real estate two they're investing in the very real estate they sleep in which means that they're going to take care of it better there's so many applications and 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 if if it's true that you know picassos are going to go up in value when you and i can buy fractions of them then that must be true for other assets like multi-dwelling real estate uh, commercial real estate, uh, any kind of assets that can be divided, bifurcated or shared. Uh, to my point, the rental, the rental, you know, the rental society that we're going to move, or the leasing society that we move forward into, contrary to the Klaus thing, I think Klaus is right. He may be evil, but we shouldn't own 70, 72% people in the United States own a home. That, that's just really dumb. 72% highest anywhere in the world. Um, now, if you can buy it all with cash and you don't have to pay the tax man every year and you really own it, okay, maybe so. But owning a home for most people, in fact, 99.9, including me, it, it does not make economic sense when you could buy an apartment building or Bitcoin that should increase in value over time and it doesn't require maintenance and insurance and taking care of this and taking care of that. Um, I, I continue not to see any downside here. And, and I like BlackRock being here. Okay, what's the difference in BlackRock being here versus the whales that have been playing in this market for the last 10 years? Okay, oh, BlackRock's going to manipulate the market. There's manipulation been going on for 10 years in this space. You guys know that better than I do. Absolutely. Yeah, um, except I think BlackRock legitimizes this space. I really do. I think that's the difference. Like a lot of people say, Johnny, we don't want BlackRock to manipulate. The reality is no, we absolutely need BlackRock if we want to go from a place where we're playing with, you know, a bunch of geeks and nerds and call us whatever you want who have for front run this thing. And by the way, you were spot on earlier. This is one of the few times. When you look at back in the bubble, you know, abs was in diapers back then. Actually, abs might not have even been born back in 1994. When, uh, when, when, when we were going into the internet boom, the institutions front run a lot of that and got in early, right? The difference here is you got a bunch of nerds and geeks like us. We're all in this thing early. We get to front run the big money that's coming in. To me, Gary, that's why I am so excited about this space. You know, whether it's crypto or whether it's Bitcoin, whatever. I think the reality is, I think you're going to see that there's a, there's a, a real world use case in some of these altcoins and technologies and blockchains as well. But regardless, nonetheless, we're front running something that there's a whole, there's a tsunami of money coming. And we just got our nets out ready to catch some of it. And to me, that's what makes it very exciting. And that's why you need the Black Rocks. You need the JP Morgan of the world. Because those are the guys that, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, they got the keys to unlock all that money on the sidelines because they got the relationships 
with the federal agencies that matter. That's my well, and, and the wealthy. Like and that too, agencies, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, like if there was no demand here, Larry wouldn't be doing this. Correct. The the demand is extreme. Okay. Like it makes sense for that a guy like me would do what I'm doing, but I, cause I don't have a charter. Okay. I don't have any, I look in my mirror and go, Hey, you want to buy a hundred Bitcoin? dude? Let's go buy a hundred Bitcoin. Does this make sense? I don't have a committee to go to. I don't have my old 75 year old sister going, Ooh, you know, what if you lose it? And like, there's no committee. These look, I've done these surveys. Okay. Every family I know that's ultra wealthy and I didn't do it to the families. I went to the bankers. How many ultra wealthy families do you handle? 22. How many of them have invested in how, where am I in the pecking order? This is an ask, uh, awesome survey, actually. Where am I in the pecking order? You're the smallest guy. Yeah, I knew that. Cool. Uh, where am I in the pecking order relative to my investment in Bitcoin? Dude, you're stupid crazy. You're the biggest. <laughs> nice. okay. okay. Of the 22 families that you handle, how many of them have actually bought any of this? Seven of 22. Wow. have invested either in Grayscale, MicroStrategy, or Bitcoin Direct. Of course, the bank doesn't want to do Bitcoin Direct because the money leaves the bank. Yeah, I don't like that. They said, okay, the other 17, the other 15 families, what have they done? Uh, They're still studying it. How long they've been studying? All of them have been studying over 15 months. They're coming, okay? Oh, yeah. They are so coming, and they're not going to do half a percent. Okay, Mass Mutual just dropped a hundred million into Bitcoin. It's less than half a percent of their entire mm-hmm. portfolio. Dude, they will do five. Th- this one and two percent. No, they're going to do five and ten. Wow. Mark my words, they will do five and ten. Yeah. yeah. And this is something and, I think. Excuse me. And okay, they will go into it for five years and not even think about it. They're like, right. oh, we don't even need to look at it. They're not going to look at the chart like we do every day. Oh, what's happening? They're just going to set it and forget it, right? Just drop it, it in there. Forget and keep adding. Yeah. And this is something that else is going to be coming into the market very soon. As you talked about Grayscale, Grayscale has a bunch of products. They've got Bitcoin Trust, Ethereum Trust, Litecoin, and Stellar. Well, what I think is going to happen over these next few years, or at least the next three years in particular, is we're going to see baskets of digital assets that are like Filecoin, for example. It's, it's just storing... Uh, storing data in the most efficient way possible. So everyone's going to be excited to leverage that technology. I don't see why they wouldn't be. And so companies like Grayscale are going to be excited to offer that to their wealthy clients. This is a primary example of that. They own $19 billion worth of digital assets right now. We're in 2023 midst of a bear market. Can you imagine if you look three years out? So I think a lot of these tokens are going to profit off of the adoption. How long do you think until other assets are considered the same way Bitcoin is? Bitcoin is obviously an established store of value decentralized asset. You stated it stands alone. But when you look at some of these other assets, do any of them rise to the top in your opinion when it comes to the validity here? No. Not one. There's only, there's only one virgin. Man. <laughs> right? You're either a virgin or you're not. And I think we have to distinguish. This is King Kong. You're comparing monkeys to King Kong. And it doesn't, to me, it doesn't really matter what token. See, I'm not saying these tokens, some of these don't have massive use cases, but what family do you know that is smart enough to invest 
$8 million into any of these coins and say, I'm just going to sit there for five years hoping I don't know anything about their technology. I think XRP has a, has a way. Okay, you know I'll smash ten grand into XRP. Now, for some of your people, they go ten grand. Ten grand for me. I've been. I mean, my whole life, I've been like, I'm not going to deploy less than ten grand. Hmm. I, I don't. Why? Why would I? That's why I think the family offices. I think I'm still off. They're going to deploy a lot more than two and a half million. These people are much bigger than me, dude. And I've hmm. got well over two and a half million. So, like, I just look at supply and demand. I don't see that happening with Dogecoin. I own some Dogecoin. Why? Total punt, man. Total crazy, you know, like, I'm expecting to lose every dollar of that. But I can afford to lose it. And I have a large holding in my primary, which is Bitcoin. So, I have a little book over here. I'll play with that, Okay. I keep it on a totally in a totally different area, actually. Um, if you're trying, if you have two children, you shouldn't be gambling. Okay, you shouldn't be gambling, and and, and you're not the smartest guy. I'm not speaking to you th- two guys, but no one that's listening to this is going to be the smartest guy in this business. I'm spending twelve hours a day here trying to get up, boned up, and the last five years. I think Johnny and I, well, I most certainly have been too early. This is the problem, though. Uh, Let's compare my brother and I. I've spent five years studying this space. I probably lost more money in the space than I've made. That does not bother me. This is my tuition. That's education. Exactly. Okay. I will have gone through many of these experiences. You can't just say, Oh, well, I lost some money. You lost some money if you walked away from the industry. You lost money if you didn't learn anything and you don't change your behavior. So, yes, some of these other coins can make it for sure. I'm I'm sure some will do that. The the other question is, well, how many of them are going to be a MySpace or an AOL? Because I see XRP, I could see XRP bridging the gap for three years and then Bitcoin just taking over. So, So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, so I think it's so, first of all, for anybody who doesn't know, your brother is Grant Cardone. I know we know who he is, but if anybody doesn't, he's super famous, multi-billionaire. I don't know if you're comfortable with me saying that, so I probably shouldn't have said it, but he's a real estate mogul and he's somebody that I've known for many years. So shout out to your brother as well. A couple of things that stick out to me. Ethereum dominates smart contracts. XRP got the most banking relationships. Over 500 financial firms around the world are, are partnered with Ripple. Now, I want to talk about U.S. clarity because I think that's much more important. The XRP case that happened this year was resolved by XRP in and of itself not being considered a security. I think that's a positive notion for the entire space, right? If crypto assets are securities, they will be taxed like securities. They will be treated as securities. And as you know, when you move digital assets, it's very different than moving a security. Anybody who's been involved in this market knows self-custody is not the same as going to JP Morgan and buying an Apple stock, right? So the question that I have for you is, what does it do for your mindset as somebody who focuses on Bitcoin that XRP did get that ruling against the SEC? How is that going to impact other tokens? Or what does your mind do when you hear that news? Well, the first, the most important thing it does for me, this is a great question, is it reminds me that, uh, it wasn't just XRP. Coinbase sued them. 
uh, ARC uh, sodium and XRP sodium. Now, this is the first time and we've seen in 15 years where companies start suing the government. What have we seen before? Google, DOJ fine, $4 billion. Yeah, pay it, no problem. Mm-hmm. This fine, boom. ExxonMobil, this fine. Uh, uh, who's the guy that was beating me up the other day? T-Mobile, right? FTC, right? For charging for subscriptions. It seems to me like uh, what, what should have happened is if these guys create such egregious crimes, why didn't you just put them out of business? Instead, these are now traffic violations. And the more they pay the violations, the bigger they get. And that's why I finally surrendered and paid the hundred grand. I'm like, fuck you guys, dude. I guess it's ridiculous, right? I mean, literally spent $7 million. So the problem is now, though, we've had three companies and we have Elon Musk going, bring it on, dude. People, I think we've gone overboard. Okay, Johnny's older than you are. And and I, I think we have, I keep saying, hey, look, on all these woke people, the LGBT thing, what we should do is encourage them. Don't tell anybody they're doing anything wrong. Encourage them. Give them some more cheddar cheese because they will continue to take and take and take and do more parades and do more outlandish things until people go, hey, this is just outrageous because they have no boundaries, man. You know, people like this just don't stop. They keep going if they're allowed to. And I think we're getting to a point where people are going, hey, it's it's systemic here. And we're going to start putting our foot down. And I think that's the best message. Hey, SEC, fuck off. Okay, you can't keep doing this. Uh, what's the word? Capricious? Dude, that, that was not a good look. Okay. Capricious is not a favorable term. <laughs> Uh, discriminatory, not favorable, right? Picking winners and losers. That's what's happening here. Yeah, 100%. And that's the problem right now, Gary. We're sitting in an industry that's developing and maturing, and we're using laws that were created in 1943, right? The Howey test. And we're trying to apply it to something that was developed in 1988. The first patent in Bitcoin or crypto cryptology was in 1988. And here we are trying to use something 40 years that predicated it to say this is how we're going to judge this. And that is the problem. And, and the real issue, you know, people like they, they, they bash Gary, right? Gary, I call him Gary Dantzler because he always dances around the issue. But the reality is it's not really Gary's fault. Congress needs to step up, do their job, put the laws in place, the regulations, the clarity in place. That's going to allow this space to move forward. And then – you won't have the problem of the SEC going out and saying, hey, we're going to pick winners and losers because it'll be very clear, cut, and dry. The problem is until we get that 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 black and white, it's gray area. And in gray area, this is where, of course, these agencies can go and do what they want. And that is that has, I think, hurt us here in the U.S. in terms of adoption and moving some of these technologies forward. Um, but nonetheless, I, I agree with you that we need to get the regulatory guys out of it. We need to get some clarity. And I really think that's going to be another linchpin that's going to help unlock this space as well. If we get some clarity, because you hear a lot when we had Yusko on the show, you know, he was telling us. And when we had Gary, you know, uh, Jeremy Hogan, they'll say people want to invest in this space. But the big money investors are very risk averse and they're not going to risk or invest in something that they're fearful that the SEC is going to come down on them hard. Some of them will. Some will pay the fine, but most won't. And I think that's what. Hopefully, we'll get Congress to do their thing, 
We got the Bitcoin having coming 2024. BTC ETF coming to 24. There is so much excitement of where the world is headed right now. Um, it's, to me, I, I look at this as a very, very, what's the word? It's definitely a place where you want to have some horses in your stable. Now, I know you're not, you know, maybe you're more focused on Bitcoin and that's totally cool. We're focused here more on a combination of everything. We like Bitcoin, but we also like the altcoins. We believe some of these have real world solves like cross-border payment, smart contracts, gaming, gaming. It's going to be huge. Think about this. Did you know that the gaming industry is bigger than, I didn't know this until I started researching, $300 billion bigger than the movie industry, and blockchain is going to enable it to do play to earn. And when kids when kids find out that they can sit home and make money playing games, to me, I, I'm just super excited about different segments in this year. And I'm curious to what your thoughts are on you know, you mentioned a little bit about XRP. Um, you didn't really mention Ethereum. I don't know where you stand on that, but I know our audience is wondering, is it primarily BTC? Or are you also a believer that Ethereum, because of its connections and little things, are that it also has a place to play in this space? Well, look, um, I'm not a purist, okay? I'm most certainly not a maxi, as I understand it's defined. And this is my understanding of the definition. You don't do anything other than Bitcoin. Yes. Okay, which I, I still haven't met any of these maxis. I've met a lot of pretend maxis, but, but, and, and it, it kind of irritates me a little bit because, you know, they still have a house. It's like, oh, you're not a maxi, dude. Not really. <laughs> you're, you're kind of a maxi. Okay. And then they're like, hey, I can't believe you have, you know, I can't believe you own Node 40 that does accounting and tax procedures and forensics for crypto. You're supporting other cryptos. I'm like, well, so what? Ernst & Young's a bad company because they support legacy finance. So it's very immature. Um, so I am answering the question, Johnny, based on you said, hey, look, got a 48-year-old guy with two kids and a wife. And I think I'm irresponsible to say, hey, go bet on a fucking token that yeah. has a kid running it. Okay. I don't need any more Jesus Christ, man. Mm. Every time I've had a head, you show me a 30 year old guy that's a billionaire, I'll show you a kid that's extremely troubled. Okay. No mm. one is ready for that kind of money at 27. No one's ready for that kind of power at 27. No one. Okay. No one. And look what Sam Bankman Dickhead did, right? Like yep, yep. he did it. Okay, of course. Um, so I'm thinking from the frame of, hey, this is an investment. It is not a gambling casino. Mm. This is what I'm doing with my children's money. Mm. I was with Scary. I, like I love Mark Yusko. Okay, I flew up and saw him. I went to Chapel Hill, spent some time. I love Mark. Um, and, and 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 you know. Like, to me, this is a key indicator of how valuable this industry is. Why are there so many guys starting to look like me and him showing up to the table? <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of us. Okay, dozens. And we have money, man. Like, yeah. we have real money and we have real connections. And we're not sitting here because we think this is a $12 game. <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, right. that's a real tell to me. And, and uh you know, we weren't showing up. You didn't have the Dan, the, the amount of Dan Tapiro's now showing up is really staggering. Yes. Um, 
so to me, I, you know, okay, could Ethereum be a play? Yeah, dude. But like the kid's so young, what happened? What would happen to him if he got hit by a train tomorrow? And, it, and the reality is, Gary, that if you look into Ethereum and the connections that they have with regulators, it, it's a dark, dark rabbit hole to go down. So yeah, it doesn't it paint a positive picture for the project either. You point to the leaders. I point to the relationships. There's a lot of red flags. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, you know, I don't have those red flags on Bitcoin. The mm. only complaint I have on Bitcoin is, hey, Max, dude, can you calm it down just a little bit? dude? And, and by the way, you know, can we just be a little bit nicer to people that don't have one billion bitcoin and they you know like i'm sorry uh i didn't buy it at three bucks okay yeah um and, and I, you know like th this this we th this is concerns me about bitcoin is anybody ever gonna sell yeah like that's like, a problem okay it's a problem you you need grease for for you need liquidity i think that's why those four million coins are sitting back there i think satoshi was smart enough to go Hey, if these guys get stupid and just hold on to the coins all the time, I might need to release some to make up. I mean, if you've ever been in a market that starts to move 30% in a day, let me tell you, there will be blood in the streets, man. I mean, I mean, massive blood in the streets. This is not a product that you can call your bank and say, hey, man, I need a few more days. <laughs> and that's why I like the legacy world. Guy like me, I can go, hey, man. I got margin calls seven times last year, hmm. seven times. Okay. Wow. Hey man, I need a week to, to sell gold. Okay. No problem here. Dude, that Bitcoin, poof, you're out. Got so, it. Okay. And, and I think you're going to see some spectacular fuck ups by major, major banks. I mean, you're too young to remember this dude, but every major bank I know has had a trading loss of billions of dollars. And that's in the paper shit. That's in the stuff they can, hey, I need a few more days. Uh-oh, ran out of time. I need a few more days. Uh, okay. Sunday morning, you're going down. Notice it always happens on Sunday night. <laughs> Their history. So what happens with Bitcoin? Man? This is fascinating. So, in, so, so my view is until my allocation to Bitcoin is sufficient to allow me to make the gross biggest impact I could possibly make on this planet, then I, I'll start thinking about, hey, let me go play with this coin. But quite frankly, I would rather go to Las Vegas and you guys come to the house and we just have a cash game, man. Well, you said it yourself. We're just waiting for the invite, Gary. We got 460 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, I'm going to give you the floor and I got a couple closing questions for Gary. Yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, you know, there's a reason why, as we talk about this all the time on the show, you see a lot of elites moving into Bitcoin. And I, and I think, you know, there's a reason why the smart money knows how to play this space. And I think that when Bitcoin was developed, okay, because people are saying in the chat, well, I can't afford a Bitcoin. Well, guess what? Mark this down, Abs. Write this down in four to five years. People aren't going to be buying Bitcoin in four to five years. They're going to be buying Satoshis. That's right. There's a reason why they have broken this down in Satoshis. Because you can buy one Satoshi. Right now, everybody in this chat room could go buy one Satoshi. Yeah, it's like a third it's of a cent. One right? one millionth of a, of a Bitcoin. It's like it's like thirty cents, or maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not doing the math the top of my head, but it's like no, a it's about, I think it's three tenths of a cent. Yeah, it's like three tenths, thirty cents. Yeah, right. So you can literally buy a, a so anybody could go and buy buy a hundred Satoshi, and and that's what Bitcoin was you know put out, derived, set out 
to be broken into Satoshi. So you got 1 million times 21 million, and you see how that easily becomes into the trillion dollars. Uh, there you go. Thanks, Abs. So it's not even, so it's not, it's point oh oh oh. We're talking less than a, 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 a well, 1,000. You got no excuse. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Absolutely. I was close. I was just off by a few decimal points. But the point being, my point to you is when, because I kind of agree with Gary to a sense where there aren't going to be people that are going to want to sell. It's If it's a store value, that means it's store. That means people aren't going to be selling it. They're going to be holding on to it. What happens? Price goes up. We also know when you look at the Bitcoin ETF, I'm sorry, gold ETF, what happened to the price of gold after that came out? Abs, you got the chart. We show it all the time on the show. Yeah, I'd love you to bring that chart up, man. Because yeah, let's bring, that, let's bring that chart up. That, that chart is so telling. Okay, Bit, this Bitcoin. is gold, a product that can be hypothecated. Derivatives are traded all against it. And look what it did when the ETF came out. See, this is the kind of stuff I look at and go, why? You know, this is a, I can make a big decision here. And I, I think that's the other problem we talk about. Like, hey, I'm playing with Dogecoin. Okay, cool, dude. You bought 50 bucks worth of Dogecoin. It's not even worth talking about. Yep. Or did you buy 500 grand's worth? Okay, like now, oh my goodness. That's a different size bet, right? I got two queens and the, and the poker table's 10 bucks. I'm playing. I have two queens and it's a $10 million table. I'm folding. See, people forget to talk about what is the size of the prize here or the size of the pain. That's right. You know, your balls start to shrink up pretty fast when you have a 20% move downward. That sounds gotta like tell, a you got to tell your wife you just lost 30% of the entire net worth of the family, right? Yeah. But luckily, the volatility moves in both directions. And what I wanted to ask you about this chart, Gary, is the fact that after 2003, gold was about $300 and the ETF product was launched. We then went on a 12-year bull run from about, or maybe it's 11 years here, guys. But what it did is it went from $300 to just below $2,000 in that time period. And so I want to ask you, do you think we're going to see something similar with Bitcoin? 12-year bull market is extremely unusual for crypto, never been seen before. When you zoom out, the whole thing's a bull market. So yep. it's really just a matter of how close you're looking. Totally. Um Look, I bought gold. I bought two and a half million dollars worth of gold in 2011. That was after the price moved from $410 to $1,100. Mm. I, I was like, hey, gold, I don't care. Okay, I'm scared. I should have bought Bitcoin. What was Bitcoin at this price? Oh, <laughs> back in 2020. I'll pull it up. But you know what's interesting is, did you buy $7 Bitcoin, Gary, or is that a rumor? I heard that you bought $7 Bitcoin back in the day. Is that true? No. No, no not true. Okay. Where, where that story comes from is that I have some friends. Well, I'll tell you the Scaramucci story. Scaramucci, you know, we, we were together one day. He said, you know, I own over 700 of these things. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I just love guys that are got some balls. He's like, hey, you think I'm... Am I right, man? Yeah, everybody, you know, that kind of volume, you want somebody, you do ask, inquire, hey, do you think we're right? And my answer was this. I think Johnny will really love this. My answer to him was, this is the first time I ever met the guy. I said, Anthony, this is my view. Dude. If we're wrong, because my allocation is not as big as his, but it's going to get there. Uh, if I'm wrong, my children grow up exactly like you and I did with nothing and they'll be just fine. If I'm right, I'm worried about being right. Because if I'm right, 
I have 30 year old daughters that are going to wake up. I'm going to be dead and they're going to have to understand how to manage $3 billion. That's right. Okay. Now, now the $7 thing, I was with a lady the other night, CEO of a big company. And, uh, she said, Oh yeah, I bought 30 cent Ethereum and I bought $7 Bitcoin. Wow. And I looked at her and I said, today, you look at buying Bitcoin today, is it a safer or a more risky investment than it was when you bought it seven? She said, not even close to today. It is such a safer bet today in size than it was at seven bucks and risk adjusted. Okay. This is what, when, when your audience says they can't afford to buy a whole Bitcoin, when you go into Starbucks, you don't think about buying Starbucks. Right. You think about buying a fucking cup of coffee. Right. Okay. You, 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 you can go buy $3,000 worth of Bitcoin. Okay. Go buy a thousand bucks worth of Bitcoin, yeah. work it through the system, See what happens, then buy 300, buy 100, buy $10. It doesn't matter. Um, but like if you could own a part of a Picasso, would you do that? Yeah. I would too, dude. Now, I know a lot of people that go buy the prints, but I would rather a tiny little fraction of the original personally. Yeah. Because there's only one of them. So I'm not, look, I'm not saying these other things won't work. I'm just not smart enough. Um, I mean, quite frankly, if you're going to do that, I think you buy the grayscale GBTC right now. You're buying Bitcoin at an 8% discount. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you want to buy Bitcoin cheap? The best token on the planet's grayscale. Yeah, right. In terms that it has volume behind it, right? And it weathered this whole SVP, FTX, Binance thing. I mean, people were saying, hey, the coins aren't even there. Well, it was a 46% discount. That discount has collapsed to 8% in four months. Okay. It is the most well-performing equity in the world today. Dude. It wow. destroyed Bitcoin 235% mm. in the same time period that Bitcoin's up 130. So now why am I saying that? One, I own a bunch of the stuff and I should have bought. See, I had so much blood in the street six months ago. I should have kept buying it right there. Right. But I, people get scared. I'm a, yeah. I'm a pro and I, and I get scared. But as that, as that spread is collapsing, I think what we're seeing, my thesis, and if I took us off course here, I'm sorry, but my thesis is that Bitcoin's price is actually being held down today. And the reason it's being held down, if you're an arbitrager, a real trader, you go buy Grayscale at around 36,000 because of the 8% discount and you immediately sell Bitcoin and you yep. lock in a mark, you lock in $1,500 now. Yep. Until that goes to zero, when it goes to zero, we're off to the races. Yeah. Wow. I've heard the same thing. I've heard oh, to me, it's a, it's a, you should ask all the guys that y'all are interviewing. Hey, what do you think about this thesis that grayscale has to collapse to near zero? In yeah. fact, I will build a case. Grayscale is going to trade at a premium again. It will trade yeah. at a premium because it's the only token you can buy that, you know, Hey, there's real volume there. The other thing, there's no chance it doesn't get approved. One thousand percent, it gets approved. You know why? Bitcoin, uh, BlackRock will not want them out there. Yeah. Yep. Okay, not being a part of it, they could really fuck the show up. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? Five hundred and seventy-six applications have been filed at the SEC by BlackRock. Five hundred and seventy-five were approved. There was one revision, and then it was approved. So it's 
<laughs> you want to talk about a sure bet? There is no more sure bet than a yeah, BlackRock now, ETF company. Now, now this is this is the question. Okay, so if we have a second here, do, do you think this? Let's play out a scenario because everybody's talking about Jan seven, Jan eight for yep. approval. What if it gets delayed? This this is what I would like to happen. I would like to it to get delayed. It extends the time out that I have to buy crypto. We go through the halving, and right after the halving, May, we have the last consultation. What if it got approved in May after the halving? Like the rocket, baby. <laughs> I, dude, I'm with you. I don't think there is any downside here. It's like, don't approve it, approve it, but you're going to have to do something at some point. And the truth is, if the government doesn't approve this, I'll just move the money into London. Exactly. Dude, it's not, there's not, there's no stopping this. I will go, I don't even have to move. I yeah. call Goldman, hey man, give me your London office. Yeah. You won't have to worry about that though, because BlackRock's got a 100% track record. And they, and they ain't losing, Gary. Gary, I got a question for you. So one of the things, obviously, if Bitcoin is going to do well, what's your thoughts on the actual miners? Do you invest in any of the miners like Mara? You know, there's Mara, there's Riot, there's Wolf. I'm curious of, you know, since since if if is that another way to play this space? And is that something you've looked at? Are you looking into the miners as well? Or are you literally just playing it just pure Bitcoin uh, only? Well, my so my you know my first career was in energy, so mm. I have a very tainted view on miners. Gotcha. Um, I think, and and I'm a timing guy, so I I, I can't get timing right. Do I think Marathon and Riot are good companies? I, I don't know if they are good companies or not. I think, you know, there's going to be some miners that do well. It is not a piece of the food chain I would want, want to be in at all. And the reason is farmers get crushed. Cannabis growers get crushed. Oil producers get crushed. They always overproduce everything. Why? Because that's what they do for a living. They produce stuff. And, and, and uh, my, my mental analogy here is that I think people forget, but fracking, the innovation, uh, uh, innovation that came to the energy business that has not been seen in 100 years, it didn't happen in $100 crude. It happened at $10 to $30 crude. See, price is a wonderful way of like making people honest and making them more innovative. So on the miners, man, I... I I think the I think the future of mining is it will be oil companies and sovereign countries. It will not be any of these players. You will have to control the inputs of energy and it should be zero, not two cents, not three cents, not one and a half, zero. OK, Bitcoin should attract the dirtiest fuel on the planet that's leaking into the atmosphere or into the planet. And there's 23% of it. it just leaks. Nobody wants to talk about this. So if you're Putin and you don't have to pay for 3,000 miles of transportation, why wouldn't you just put a data center up in, in a cold environment? And you can just do this to everybody. See, this is going to go fuck you. It's going to become this deal for the 23rd, you know, 2024. And it's his, hey, go fuck you. Think of the Saudi Arabian desert. The Iranians, man, dude, they will just put up solar panels forever, forever. Okay. And then they'll use the fossil fuel at night and they'll do the solar in the morning 
And like we haven't even come close to getting efficient on this stuff. Nuclear power station. Nuclear power stations sell at three cents a kilowatt. They're going to be able to sell at five and a half cents a kilowatt because they're going to call the grid and go, hey, you don't have to take base load anymore. In fact, you just tell me eight hours a day when they turn on. You understand a nuclear power station cannot turn to zero, right? There's It's either zero or 100%. There is no like, you know, hey, let me modulate. So the mining deal that I probably am the most interested in is a deal that a guy showed me three days ago. And guess where he came from? He lived in the same exact world in the exact same era that I did in energy. His name's Todd. I won't give you his last name, but he, he literally came from that whole Enron Dynegy era. And the way he's looking at this is the right way. And it's just going to be one big options market for him. And, and I think that's why the Bitcoiners don't fully understand what's going to happen. We're going to these people are going to sell whatever, whenever they can to arbitrage and capture the greatest margin between energy and Bitcoin and debt and loaning and lending and, and hypothecating and selling futures contracts and selling options. Um, once Bitcoin came into mainstream, by definition, it's going to get bastardized, prostituted out, diluted, changed, twisted, derivative. It's okay. Okay. It's not the end of the world. So the, the mining for me, man, it's got human error risk. See, and I, Bitcoin has no human error risk for me. I, I hate to be so pedantic about the Bitcoin thing, but until my bag's so full on that with no human error risk, I've never had the opportunity to invest in something that has no human error risk. Yeah. Digital and it's got the digital scarcity aspect as well. That's never been seen before. It's like if everybody had the opportunity to buy gold in 1930 on the drop of a dime, the prices would have been drastically different. That's what they're getting exposure to now. There's two topics. I'm not sure if you're running out of time, so just let us know because I can go forever, cool. Gary. I'm but okay, man. This is what I wanted to focus on as well. Every single bull market, we see one thing happen in particular. Bitcoin dominance drops, right? A lot of the dominance goes into these altcoins. And the reason that I'm pointing this out is because I think what happens to a lot of investors is they get greedy. They see Bitcoin goes up 30%, but look at some of these altcoins. Doge did a 300X in 30 days. That's what I should have been in. These are different types of investing. And I think you drew the comparison going into these shit coins. That's what we call them on this channel. That is gambling. That is essentially betting that other people are going to invest in this asset for no real reason. Whereas with Bitcoin, there's an underlying value there, a, a store of value, as well as instantaneous real estate. That's what I like to draw the comparison of. There's only 21 million plots of Bitcoin. If you own one, you own that portion of the digital real estate. So to get back what I was focusing on here, every bull market, we see Bitcoin go to at least 45% dominance, but Ethereum goes to about 30%. We've also got altcoins like XRP going to 20%. The reason I'm pointing this out is because money goes from Bitcoin to Ethereum to the smaller altcoins and to the smallest altcoins that we called the shit coins earlier. And I think that this time is going to be nothing different. So do you believe there's opportunity in playing the market in this way? And I'd like to, you to provide some reality because I think you're going to say no. But if you draw the correlation to the past, it shows there's money to be made in these cycles, especially for altcoins. What do you think? Well, do, do, can you write down on a piece of paper the names of four people in the last cycle that took monster gains off the table, stacked it, packed it, walked away and made a shitload of money. No. Yeah. 
see, I, I, y'all been in it a lot longer than I have. I would just ask, hey, build a roster of people that walked away with wag, wags of cash playing that game. I, I, they all seem to be still working to me, pumping something, and it doesn't look like it might have worked exactly the way they thought. I'm, again, I'm talking about long-term, low risk. Uh, I mean, if you need a bunch of risk, Bitcoin is not the place to invest. Right. I think right. that's the best. Dude, if you want a bunch of risk, you want human error risk, you want to know about IT and AGI and GGBI and whatever the hell is coming down the rock and rock. If you're that smart, like I don't even know why you're watching this podcast. You, you, you should be you build hey, a fun around. We're pretty funny as well, Gary. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, you, well, sometimes I say things like to wake people up because it's a little, you know, just to your point. Hey, man, there are people chase this shit, right? OK, well, how many people actually made any money? Yeah. How many people? In, in, in fact, how many people made any money and haven't received a letter from the DOJ or the FTC saying, hey, you were pumping a stock? We don't even know that yet. Right. Wait till those show up. Okay, they take four years to show up, guys. Well, so well, there you I, go. I, I have resisted becoming known as an influencer because I'm trying not to influence anybody except to do the right thing in life. Like your investment decisions, I do not want to influence. However, uh, I could build a case this time could be different, and, and I don't think the families that I'm talking about coming into this market have anything any interest in polygon dude. not not for large wedges okay they're going to make their first deployment see how it goes they're going to look at the leaders like michael strategy they don't see any other assets on michael strategy i don't see michael strategy investing in mining do you I, you know why <laughs> dude it's cheaper to buy thirty five thousand dollar coins like seriously no capital costs no time decay no debt no nothing no headaches, um, no management. No, no, exactly. I don't think miners have made any money. No, they're hurting. In fact, you know what's funny? They're losing so much money. Guess who bought guess who bought a bunch of them? BlackRock. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> BlackRock oh, totally. scoop. So here's get this fact here. BlackRock bought a shit ton of miners back. They first started in 2021 and then bought a little bit more back in 2023, like about six months ago. And then what happens? They file for a black, a BT, a, B, a Bitcoin ETF. I mean, you can just see the writing on the wall. I mean, they're just well, they're, they're just telling you they want to be in the entire part of the, the value chain. The whole entire value. And it's chain. totally cool, dude. It's totally yeah. cool. But that doesn't mean that Joe investors should do that. See, they, they, they're making debt. They're they're doing debt instruments with these companies. They're getting so many bites at the apple. You and I won't get a bite at. Correct. Um. So that's I, I like. It, 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 to me, it's uh, these families are going to move into very classic assets and they're going to just sit there and hold. Um, and then maybe you get some junkies. I, I think you're going to see a different four years. Um, and I would be following the smart money and going being slower about this. Um, if I'm right, dude, I'm going to be holding the most valuable options contract in the history of mankind and that will never come from a theory that's what it should do based on supply and demand at a quarter of a million dollars what is a thirty-five thousand dollar call option every month worth 
for the end of time, dude. $250,000 price on Bitcoin. I own 30, dude. I will sell, I will sell call options at 250 forever. Yep. $80,000. Go price one. Go like go price a call option for $36,000 right now. You know, like, I, I think this is yeah, so important. Dude. I don't think about the market in this way. So it's actually really great that you're pointing this out because I think there's probably dozens, if not hundreds, of people in the chat right now who are thinking the same thing. Owning these assets going forward and leveraging out in the way that you're describing. You don't even have to sell the asset to make a profit. I'll never do. You're not pulling mine for five years. See? I have a five-year thesis. I'm not going to change. I might die. Okay. And then my kid, guess what happens? Trust tells my kids, no, dude, you can't sell for five years. This is your dad's plan. Right. Period. Yeah. Okay. You can't change it. And when you change, who are the most successful investors in Fidelity's fund? Fidelity Magellan fund. Have you ever heard this? No. The most successful Wait, investors no. in the most famous fund in the world are the dead. <laughs> Buy it oh, all. Yeah, they died, dude. They never touched anything. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett style. <laughs> Buy it all. Yeah. My quality. Go build your business. See, this is the other problem, okay? When they're looking at Dogecoin and Ethereum and all these, and they've got $12 in play, okay, and they're working for me or you, how do you feel – well, you guys may not mind, but like it, it irritates me when Becca's looking at the, the, the stock price on for her Dogecoin. I'm like, hey, you're supposed to be working for me, dude. <laughs> you're not supposed to be checking your stock prices out. So I would tell everyone, unless you're a professional trader and you're going to build your career this way, why don't you do the job that generates income for you so that you can then take that income like my brother does. He takes all his income from marketing programs and all that stuff he does and buys real estate, man. Mm. See, he that's has a how I made, and that's what yeah. I was able to do as well. I actually was working a nine to five. I saved that money. I put it in the stock market and that was 2019 when the COVID crash happened. I moved that money into Bitcoin. I took that profit from Bitcoin. I put it into the altcoins and here we are three years later. I was your assistant for the record. So you would have been upset with me as well. <laughs> you like, Quit, turn that screen off. Yeah. But I think I want to just touch on something. I think Gary's talking about that's so important here. Oh, yeah. When you think about what, what Gary's talking about here is there are different levels or classes or strategies of how people think about this space. And you've got what Gary's talking about is a long-term hold. Like these, he's describing the elites, right? And what they're the long-term holders, those safe, risky, you know, non, you know, lower risk bets. And that's where you look at Bitcoin. That's where you're going to see that money going. Then there's going to be people out there, Abs, that want to have a higher risk. They want to gamble. They do believe in the get rich quick scheme. And I think and you're going to see those folks that are going to go and, and they're going to invest, you know, and they're going to try to maybe play. They call them the gamblers and they're going to go and look for that, you know, the next Pepe or Safe Moon or, you know, Doge, whatever it is, meme point. And then there's people kind of in the middle that yeah. think, like, okay, there's spaces here. Maybe a mid to long term investment hold. And so we're really talking about different strategies, but those strategies have yielded to some degree. You've seen some, I don't want to say maximalism, but you do see that the ones that are going into more of the conservative space tend to go into Bitcoin. And it makes sense. It's the most rock solid. We all know, Abs, that this whole market goes the way Bitcoin goes. And we just that's just how it works, right? Bitcoin is the is the kingship and everything's gonna kind of follow that. And there's and there's totally nothing wrong with any of those strategies. Everybody can has to do what helps them sleep good at night. The one thing you don't want to do, and Gary touched on this earlier, and I'll just repeat it again: don't put your kids, you know, baby food money or your rent money or any money into this space 
only be able to invest what you can afford to lose. And then you go into to, to the places that you feel good at night, where you feel is either long-term, short-term play, whatever your strategy is, that's the way you play. And I think that's what you're hearing is, you know, Gary has a certain strategy. He's like, hey, I got some a chunk of money. I believe in this space. I think it's going here. I'm buying this and holding this thing for five years. I don't care what it does. And to me, when you look at what's coming, BTC ETF, having coming, and when you look at the price of what gold did, it's almost like a, it's almost one of those things where everybody's going to look back five years from now and say, God damn it, why did I put more money in Bitcoin? Yes, it's, it's going to happen. Could even uh, be five months, right? If you go back to that gold chart, um, because I think people forget that gold chart has a tremendous amount of suppression in it. Tremendous amount. Okay. There's so much paper being sold on top of that product that like how many fines have occurred in the last 10 years every this is back to my hate the jp morgans these people pay doj fines like they're candy uh, this is not going to happen with bitcoin i could say hey this this thing looks mild if you don't have a bunch of derivatives sitting on top of fucking bitcoin holding the price down which I was a little worried that that was this cash carry conversation in the ETF yeah. still don't have a lot of clarity. I'm trying to get a couple of guys that like, uh, uh, Joe Carlosari. He's a really great lawyer up in Chicago focuses only on digital. He's got a lot of, he'd be a great guy for you guys to talk to very mature guy, smart, awesome human being. Let's set it up. Uh, yeah. Happy to introduce you. Um, be awesome, but, but, you know, I think I just think that if this chart's right and we see something like it, uh, I think you're going to see something more impressive because there's not going to be this paper suppression on top of that. Uh, I, I think now could be wrong, uh, but if my timing's right and I don't I don't worry about the next four or five years because I'm not spending this you know my income that I need. I'm spending disposable income. You know, when people have a 401k, if you're lucky enough to have one or not lucky enough to have one, whatever, uh, people don't look at the stock price every day and go, hey, I'm a liquidate. That's right. And I think this is the, you got to look at this as the same way. It's a 401k program. Yeah. I got I think, two quick questions. So I don't know if you have to run out of time. So Gary, just let me know. We'll end the show whenever you run out of time here. The FTX situation, I need to get your opinion on this because everybody who got introduced to crypto over the last two years is familiar with Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. They had one of the closest relationships with the SEC. They were promoted by Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Tiger Woods. You name the actor or pro athlete, they were involved in the FTX saga. Even guys like Logan Paul were sponsored by FTX. So with some of the biggest fraudsters existing in this market only a year and a half ago, how many of those do you think exist today? Do you think there are some FTX in the market that are yet to fall? Yeah. Uh, first off, when people, I have a, I have a rule when Enron and WorldCom and anybody starts buying stadiums, sell, it. Mm -hmm. sell the company and sell anything associated with it. Okay. Just That's like what said too. when they start doing that shit, dude, NFL. Okay. Um, I think there could be some other guys out there that aren't, um, there could be, man. I mean, there will be some gangsters that show up. They're going to do some crazy shit. But I think a lot of this stuff's been wiped out now. Uh, we might see some more cases that come up that are, you know, lingering. 
I would not want to have any dirt on my hands right now because I think, you know, I'm just waiting for the phone call. Uh, and that that's not a good way to live, guys. Okay, like I've been able to do my whole life without breaking the rules. I, I don't really get the deal. I think people are just either educated poorly by their parents or, or the system if they go do this. Um, it's not worth it. Um, it, it, like I, I know a lot of rich people that have taken, you know, a lot of risks. They hadn't paid their taxes. Every one of them go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. It, it, it took too much of my life up. Every one of them did. And the amount of money they were trying to save, it was stupid. Pointless. It's pointless. So, you know, when I, when a guy in crypto for eight years looks at me, cause I own node 40 and says, Oh, I hate your company. And I hate you. It's like, wow, dude, what, what are you hiding? Like you're going to pay your taxes. If you don't live in the United States, cool. You don't have any exposure, but I, I think you're going to have to pay by play by the rules uh, in the country that you're living in. Otherwise leave, but don't mess the system up for the rest of us. So I don't know who's out there. That's why I kind of keep it really simple. Uh, I think there's going to be a tremendous amount. Like I think the whole wallet business is going to change. I think mm. there's, a massive massive play on custodial business that's more interesting to me than mining um and i think there's going to be two or three custodians that have an opportunity to really stand out man they're going to be hey you control your keys and you don't control your keys and let the market decide which what the premium is for custodianship that has you know real safety behind it versus other custodial ships that maybe don't have it. And you should see two different markets. You should see the market where like the Bitcoin options that I'm talking about, you're going to hold, you will get the greatest premium if you're holding them in your, your own wallet. Yeah. Okay. Hey, these are physical, dude. I go straight to delivery. Yep. Um, what those markets could be, could be fascinating. Man. Right. They're really fascinating. So it's all upside. It's all upside. Could we see, could we see a a 50% retracement? We could, but if it's, if it's not your income, what's the matter? I mean, Amazon went down uh, eight times over 60%. Yep. Okay. That didn't mean, you know why? Because the traders on wall street are cleaning their books up. Yep. That, that, because they want to make commissions. Yep. There's not one banker that held on to bit uh, held on to Amazon for the full 15 year run. Was that a mistake? It was stupid, totally stupid mistake, right? But guess what? This company is judged by 22 year old analysts, 22 year old analysts on their quarterly earnings. That's right. And their 90 day, hey, I got to hit my numbers, man. I got to grow at all costs, even if I have to steal, cheat, blind, and rip people off. I have to increase in value on my stock price or I'm a failure. That is not the way to run a 100-year, 50-year fucking business, man. I don't want to derail the conversation, but this is one of the first things I realized. If you maximize profit, you inevitably depreciate quality. And so I think we've seen that all over the country in every industry. I don't really know why I threw that out there, but I think it fits perfectly into what you had to say. I want to remind our listeners, guys, we got Gary Cardone joining the show. You can follow Gary on YouTube and Twitter at Gary Cardone. So go follow his uh, his content. He did some great interviews. Anthony Scaramucci, Vivek Ramaswamy, 
I watched all of them. So great work there. And this is the Amazon price share that we were talking about. And in case you didn't know, Gary, this is where Johnny Crypto originally invested back in the day, 1997. This man picked his Amazon. You know what he did? He sold he it. I didn't I didn't have an exit plan. Well, I, I had the wrong exit plan. I bought it at 17, sold it at 27, thought I was the smartest investor in the world. I was 25 years old or something like that. I had no clue what I was doing. And 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 the mistake I made was not bringing some of those bags with me for the future. However, if I did, abs, I would have never met you. I wouldn't have been here because I would have been a multi, multi, multi. I would have known Gary, though, because I'd be a multi, multi millionaire by now uh, had I not. But I can promise you this, abs. Gary talked about this earlier. That was my cost tuition. That was my education. The universe was setting me up so that for this next, you know, paradigm shift that we're going through as we shift from Web 2 to Web 3.0, those same kind of things are going to happen in some of these blockchain technologies and things we're investing in the rails of the system. And to me, I feel like there's another opportunity. And this time, there's a reason why we invented Merlin. We, we, we got our exit plan set up. We'll take some profits along the way, but I'm bringing some of those bags with me for the future and never making that mistake again. And Johnny, you bring up a good point. We probably have a lot of new listeners here. And for anybody who doesn't know, this app right here, Merlin, is the smartest way to track your crypto. It's developed by our team, Gary. You're looking at the guys who created this thing. And this is the only product that we promote on our platform. We show people, first of all, we don't touch your crypto. We don't custody anyone's assets. But we're allowing you to create an exit plan, set targets. And if you want to take profit on the way up, Take that profit and allocate it properly. That's why we created this application. I just want to say one other thing. I was here in 2021 and I watched this crypto market go all the way up. The number one narrative that was pumped during that time, Bitcoin to 100K, Ethereum to $10,000. And I made the mistake of falling for the hopium. Now I did take some profit, but I didn't take nearly as much. And so this time I've created a 65-35 exit strategy. I'm going to be holding 35% of my crypto, even if Bitcoin goes to $100 million. I am going to be holding that for the rest of my life. And Gary, just to be clear, this is not a paid promotion or anything. This is just a conversation we're having. We're not associated with anybody. So I just wanted to point that out, talk about the exit plan and let people know it's okay to take profit if you're allocating it properly, but always leave some skin in the game. Johnny Crypto is a great example. Don't 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 be Johnny Crypto in 1997. Be Johnny Crypto in 2023, but not 1997. Gary, the last topic of conversation before we let you go. First of all, I want to say thanks again for being here with us. This has been an awesome experience. But central bank digital currencies, I'd love to hear your opinion on the whole matter. This seems to be something that comes up in the Bitcoin conversation as well. In a world of central bank digital currencies, does Bitcoin provide that freedom as an independent store of value? What's your opinion? I think that... Uh... If there's 108 sovereigns that offer a CBDC, we are gold. Okay, I mean, the, the, the theme song's going to be Goldfinger. Look, um, and the reason I say that is because 108 countries, one, we're already in game theory, okay? They're all going to be fighting for the same. They will chew each other into pieces, okay? These are parasitic people. They will turn on each other. If we're strong enough, they will eat their own, man. Okay. What what watch what Disney does. Um, so I love it that there's 108 countries working on this. They are going to educate everyone on the planet that digitizing money and moving money around digitally is safe. It's okay, it works. And then you and I will be able to educate them on Bitcoin versus their bullshit. 
okay? Like you're comparing a Rolls Royce made of titanium, plated in uranium, using uranium fuel, plated in platinum, okay, to a fucking plastic toy with a Disney figure on it. Like they're just totally different products. So, and the other thing, you ain't gonna stop it, man. These are governments. You're exactly. not going to stop it. So why even bother jacking with it? Like, just go buy another weapon. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know what else to do. We're not stopping this. That's right. We're, we're already digitized, man. Yes. And what, what they're not going to do. Okay. What they're not going to do is put it on the public blockchain. Nope. And so that's going to be a monster. Oh, not put it. What are you hiding then? Now we have to educate the world on why is there obscurity? Why is there opaqueness in a market that should be hyper-transparent? I don't hear anyone bitching about these companies making money. I don't, I think people are happy with people making money. It's when you don't know where they're making the money from. Mm. Like some mob money. Johnny, I gotta ask him a question. The live chat, listen, a lot of our listeners, 470 listeners here, they're asking about XRP. So I got to get your opinion and I have to put you on the spot politely, of course. What's your overall opinion on the whole debacle with the SEC? And then I want to ask some more specific questions. Did you see Ripple's battle against the SEC as a fight for the industry? Or did you focus it more on the individual token? How did you view it? I, I think anybody beaten up against the man is for the industry. Okay, You cannot have enough people. I go back to this. Hey, we have to stop working with companies that just pay the government off. Um, and, and quite frankly, if I wouldn't have been in the middle of the fucking shit storm of a divorce over half a billion dollars, I would have taken my deal to court. Okay. I, like I would have been like, Hey, let's get Visa and MasterCard in this room. Let's talk about how much abuse is going on around chargebacks. Cause you guys, I've never even touched a consumer. What the fuck is the FTC doing in my office? Yeah. It's just such an overreach. I was with Vivek. He's like, Oh dude, that's the government we work on now. It, it, the punishment is the inquiry. Mm. It's they just drag you through the mud. This is why it just pisses me off so much about goddamn. How did what were we hiding that gave B, uh, CZ a deal in seven days? There must be something the U.S. government doesn't want out about that deal, <laughs> um, and it's probably all those political contributions. <laughs> um, so look, I think XRP. I own some XRP. There we um, go. But you know, you know, you need to say, hey, well, Gary, how much, right? So it, it's it's you know enough where it would be like me walking through the casino and throwing a couple hundred dollars on on the blackjack table and then just keep walking and go, hey, send me the money if I hit. Okay, it's not life changing money, and I think that's what I'm always very careful about. Hmm. But I own no equities. Okay. I don't own NVIDIA. I should have. I probably should have bought Coinbase. I do own Grayscale, um, GBTC, partly because I had to. And the, my mistake there is I didn't keep buying. Hmm. Okay? Like, I, I got scared. You're so, still early. You're still oh, early. Right? We yeah. are still early. <laughs> I mean, if you said to me, hey, you're going to go buy Bitcoin today or, or whatever, the answer should be, oh, no, I should buy GBTC. Yeah. So... For, for for just money reasons, for sure, especially if I'm going to do one trade on Coinbase versus one trade on through GBTC, like it's no different. OK, like I'm, I'm getting an eight percent. Now, if I hold hold them, OK, I can't do that with GBTC, but I also can't get a discount. Right. And I believe that discount will collapse. 
Yeah, it will. It's already come down. It used to be higher. Yeah, I think it was it was like fifty or was it like forty percent? At one point, you could have bought like a forty percent or maybe maybe six. Forty six. Yeah, it was like forty percent discount. It was yeah. that's when it was the time to buy it. Three so, years ago, it was a seventy percent premium. Did yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Well, premium, I think the premium comes back. Not it's that good. In the bull run, yeah. I think. It'll yeah. So Gary, I got to ask you, how come you treat XRP as as if it's just a small gamble at the casino? Are you waiting for some sort of news or should I give you my little rundown on why I I like this currency? What's what's it, really going on? If it makes you feel better. Tell no, me about I, listen, I'm going to be honest. Here. Tell us right. tell here. Defend your position. So when I look at Ripple, I look at it for one reason in particular, the partnerships they have with banks. And, and we've outlined this throughout the entire show. Who you know is more important than what you're doing sometimes. The World Economic Forum, and, and this may not be positive for freedom, but I think it's a positive movement for the whole industry. The World Economic Forum, the Bank of International Settlements, all of these massive global conglomerates have connections to XRP. And what do we see right now? 500 partnerships worldwide. 30 countries are building central bank digital currencies on top of Ripple's technology. But here's where it really gets exciting. We've talked about for a long time, it only takes two banks for all of them to be left behind, right? If two banks start transferring money instantaneously, bank in London, a bank in New York, all the guys like Gary who are ahead of the game, smart in the industry, they're going to go where they can cheap. It's cheaper, it's faster, and it's better. That's what Ripple's building compared to Swift payments. So the idea behind the XRP investment, and I guess I'm speaking for many of the people in the community here, is that if Ripple is able to create a fiat to crypto to fiat solution, XRP is sitting in between and we are set to profit off of that technology. So that's a little bit maybe like chapter one of the whole background. I don't know if that changes your opinion or if that's even new to you. But what I do think is that we're going through a change, the digitalization of money. And we're already a digital economy. You said it earlier in the show. Our banks are digital. My bank account is just a number on a screen. I don't get to see the reserves that sit in the bank account. I think this is the next step in that process. And I think XRP, it has a portion of this market. That's that's basically the argument. Yeah, I, I don't uh, I, I don't disagree that it's going to play a role. I like it. And that's all I can ask for, right? All I can ask yeah. for is to be heard. And to be clear, I only enjoy these conversations to hear the opposite as well. So if Gary was going to sit here and tell me that, no, you're wrong about this, this, and that, I would be totally open to the idea because if I should be investing in something better, I'd like to know that, guys. It's, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about profiting the best way we can. So with that being said, what are your thoughts on XRP to satisfy our listeners here? Do you think there's any chance that the story I outlined could come to fruition? Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, you know, the way you've told me you've placed your position is that you have a holding of a core holding of Bitcoin with a 3565 plan. And then who am I to tell you not to invest in XRP, right? Like, I don't know what you bought it at. I don't know how long you want to hold it. These, some of these companies are going to have significant roles and plays in the business. Yeah. Um, and, and, but for me, I just don't invest in things unless I really understand right. the yeah. space. Right. Um, and I do think they have a lot of contracts. Have, however, having come out of that, that industry, I'll tell you that industry is plagued with partnership announcements. Yes. Bingo. Well, fucking years of, hey, you come do a deal with me and your brand's going to be better. I'm like, fuck you, dude. My brand's going to be better when I make money. Okay. <laughs> and I ain't going to prostitute myself out to you because you have a big logo and I don't have one. I'll just grind this out 
and go get some customers that are willing to pay me. Yeah. Uh, like Node 40, when I did the deal with Node 40, I sat down for five hours with a bank, my first meeting. And I happened to know this bank. I can't mention their name here. Uh, but the bank, four hours, they're like, hey, we'll make you guys. You guys are going to be better without us. Well, they did not know I had just got through seven years of doing business with this same company through the chargeback business. Yeah. And they're the largest holder of chargebacks in the world. Our volume dwarfed theirs dwarfed it okay they couldn't bring a charge back to us if their life depended on it and they had the most in the world and then i realized well these people aren't specialists right they're just big giant companies that have political meetings so i I think the winners in the future are going to be companies that are transparent that can act quickly that have real economics okay real economics man make money and like circle I, I, I would invest in Circle before some of these coins. They're making $70 million a month, dude, yeah. in fees. Okay, that's a great business. I think the Krakens of the world, you know, uh, are going to be good businesses. The Coinbase is going to be a monster winner here. Yeah. They're being anointed as the prince of princes. So, uh, you know, the, I think the, the industry, the problems are going to be all those guys that raise money in 2021. You know, go look at tax bit. One point six billion dollar valuation. I own no 40. I'm raising money at 50 million. Man. Wow. They raise money at one point six billion dollars. I will take all of their management team out. All of their management team will never see a payday. They will work there for five years. dude. They will never make a dime on their stock. So wow. that means management team, not a dime. They can come work for me. I'll give them, I'll grant them $50 million stock options. Is it likely that they're going to get a 10 X on that? Probably. I've done it like my whole life. If they go, stay at tax bit, are they going to get a 10 X on their $1.6 billion options? No chance. Chain <laughs> analysis raised money at $6.8 billion on $150 million of revenue, man. Revenue, not income. Right. 900 staff, $6.8 billion valuation. The secondary market's below $3 billion right now. And they have to IPO. They, they, they have to IPO in the next 18 months because they're going to run out of cash. Yeah. I don't know how you do that on $150 million of revenue. So, so we still have a lot of room in this market, but a lot of changes um, to go through it. And I think that comes with a lot of opportunities. I think people are rushing and I would slow down in the market we're not in a rush johnny will tell you that there's always there's going to be another opportunity more that's safer easier we don't have to kill ourselves it's not going away right this is not a two-hour movie that's right it's It's been great spending time with you guys it's i was gonna say but this is almost a two-hour episode gary (laughs) i want to say thank you so much for making time for us this morning guys we got 445 live listeners here show us some love smash that like button. I want to remind you, you can follow Gary Cardone. That is at Gary Cardone on both Twitter and YouTube at Gary Cardone, guys. I want to say thanks again to our friend. Smash that like button on the way out of here. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. Like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Gary. Let's go.